0: Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing.
2: Hello, warm, warm welcome to lovely las vegas for the baseball betting podcast with myself greg peterson We've got a tremendous show for you as Dan Zaborski does a terrific job with Fangraphs and ESPN. Going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be taking a look at the upcoming MLB season. He does some of his own season win projections. His projections as to the teams that are going to be making the playoffs with his Zips formula. So we're going to be talking about what's all been going into there. What he is seeing for the upcoming season. So nice little 12 or so minute chat there in the final segment. Going to give you a side in total on every game for Friday morning's MP and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If there's something that you like answered, fire it into my timeline, at GRS41, and I will give you a fresh answer on this podcast. If you send them via direct message, a.k.a. DM, Unfortunately, the letters ZM to me mean does not matter. I did not get in any Twitter questions today, but what we did get was some very strange results out there in both the MPB and KBO this morning. So let's take a look back at the results that we saw for Thursday morning, try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What
0: happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out.
2: Dan Straley is officially the Jacob deGrom of the KBO as the Lotte Giants wind up losing to the NC Dinos by a count of 9-7. In this one, Lotte was able to get a Lotte of runs in the 6th inning as they were able to put up a 5 spot. That after, Dan Straley winds up going 4-2 and thirds innings. He winds up having 6 strikeouts, doesn't walk anyone. But he winds up giving up five runs. Problem is, only two of them were earned. He was hurt by some very, very shutty fielding. That is putting it very politely. Now, he did also give up a home run. That was Aaron Alter that wound up going yard. And Aaron Alter is now being called Aaron Alter Rex because he is doing an absolutely terrific job for the NC Dinos. His 14th home run of the campaign, this after he got up to a little bit of a suspect start. He has been doing a great job recently, and you take a look at the NC Dinos. They did have to dive into their bullpen a little bit more than they would have liked. They wind up having to go a grand total of two and two-thirds innings. They wind up giving up in the process three runs, all of which were earned as Jack Lee, a very suspect start once again for the NC Dinos. He winds up going five and a third innings. He gives up four runs, all of which were earned. This is one of the lesser starters for the Dinos as he's got a 572 ERA so far this year, but he's benefited from the fact that he is on a team that they just smash left, right, and sideways, and for Lote. The bullpen in this one winds up going a combined three and a third innings. They give up four runs off, which were in this for a bullpen that, by and large, has been pretty solid so far this year, and you do have to give the Lotte Giants some credit. They were able to get 10 hits up on the board, as Aesop's son, once again, was able to have a good game. He has three RBI, now hitting a 355 for the campaign, so he certainly has done his part. Problem with Lotte is, the fielding has just been absolutely comical. We remember the catcher throwing the ball down to first base, and on what was pretty much a pitch out, the runner from first Wound up scoring, so that has not been good. What else has not been good is he pitching for both Dusan and Kiwum in this series as they wind up playing three overs. And in this one, the Kiwum heroes are able to get out of a three to zero hole and they knock off the Dusan Bears by 10 to, 10 to seven. Kiwum was really able to break this game open in the seventh when they were able to get a field goal up on the board. As for Kiwum, they were able to get two home runs and five RBI from Biongo Park. This guy was in. A massive thunk to begin the year. Still only aiming at 226, but that is home runs, 12 and 13 for the campaign. He led the KBO in home runs last season. And for ki womb they wind up having to get 25 outside the bullpen. His young gun Joe should have been out of the first inning. It should have been 1, 2, 3. Ball ricochets off the roof slash ceiling. From there, he winds up walking a couple guys, allowing in a couple runs. Bullpen has to clean up the damage from there. And you got to give the bullpen credit. Very awkward spot. They get 25 outs while giving up four runs, three of which were earned, so that was not too bad. And for Dusan, they were hoping for a little bit more length out of John G. Park. He winds up going three innings, giving up three runs. bullpen from there, they certainly did not do their job. They wind up going a grand total of five innings. They give up seven runs, all of which were earned. It looked like Doosan was... Turning the corner when it came to the bullpen, that was not the case. Jose Miguel Fernandez in this game goes 0-3. J-L-O, you got to give him credit. How about 4-5? He was absolutely tremendous, but Tucson was unable to get that long ball. Bianco Park, he had two of them. Difference in the game. The SK Wyverns, their difference in regards to their season this year is the fact that they are not getting the long ball whatsoever, and they wind up losing to the Samsung Lions by a count of 6-2. to And for the SK Wyverns, they are now two and eight in their last ten games. They are currently riding a five-game losing streak. You certainly don't want to be seeing that. And for the Wyverns, what has really been big is the fact that Jamie Romack just is not hitting well with men in scoring position. He goes one of four in this game. You did have Tay and Shea. He wound up going three of four in this one, so that was a little bit promising for the Wyverns. And for the Wyverns, the bullpen has been a little bit up and down. They wind up going. In this one, three and two-thirds innings to give up three runs of which were earned this after Jen Wook Lee winds up going four and a third innings, gives up three runs, four walks. That has been a big kryptonite of his. And for the Samsung Lions, Tay in Wan continues to be terrific. He gives up two runs over the course of six innings. You take a look at what he's done recently. It has been nothing short of terrific after having a little bit of a rough start to the year in... Seven out of his last eight starts, he's given up two earned runs or fewer. So he has certainly held down the fourth bullpen from there for Samsung. Three scoreless settings. And for Samsung, this is a team that's still playing without Tyler Saladino. But ja Wu Koo, he gets another home run for this team. That is his second in the last four games. And he's got multiple RBI in three of the team's last four games as well. Now hitting a 322 for the campaign. He now has six home runs. So that is certainly helping out this team. And the bottom of the standings in the KBO getting helped out a little bit more as well. As it's beginning to get a little bit more packed as the KT West, better known as The smiling Blobs get an extra inning wins over the LG Twins. This just warms my heart to see a bunch of happy Blobs as They were able to get a run in the 10th inning in this one. And the big storyline, one mil Rojas, he goes yard again for the Blobs. His 18th home run of the campaign, leads the KBO with that regard, leads the KBO in RBI. They were also able to get a home run off the bat of Han Jun Yu. You betcha this guy's been doing a solid job. 297 batting average, his 6th home run of the campaign. And you take a look at LG. It's really been interesting to watch Casey Kelly. First time through the lineup, he gives up two runs again. Every time he has a start, just seems to always struggle. First time through the lineup, and then from there, he's able to calm down. As he went six innings, gives up two runs. Both of those runs came early. Both been from there for LG, which... Two weeks ago, at the top ERA out there in the KBO wound up looking decent in this one. They go a combined four innings. They give up two runs. Nothing great, nothing awful, but got to give it up to the Blobs bullpen. They go a combined four innings of scoreless baseball, surrender just two hits in the process and no walks, and Wook Jo, it wasn't necessarily a great start, but he kept the game out in front of him. He gives up three runs over the course of five innings, considering this guy was sort of forced into a start in this one. That's not necessarily too bad. You could certainly do worse if you're the Blobs, and you could do something like Anwa wound up doing... Thursday morning as they wind up losing to the Kia Tigers by a count of 7-1 to one for Kia. A very good pitching performance from Min Woo Lee. He winds up giving up one run over the course of six innings. He did give up a solo shot, and that is something that if you are a fan of the Eagles, that is encouraging. Jin Ho Jung winds up getting his first home run on the campaign. and while does not have a single guy in the roster with more than three home runs. Meanwhile, you take a look at Kia. They had three other top four hitters wind up getting multiple hits, and the one guy that didn't that'd be Preston Tucker, but you take a look at what they were able to get out of G1 Nah, he winds up going 3 of 5 in this game. Jan Park at the bottom of the lineup he had three runs in the 9-0 goes 2 of 4, and Warwick's Apple just not a good start in this one. Six innings pitch, he gives up five runs, all of which were not Give it up to the bullpen, they actually look decent for Hanwha so if you're looking for a little bit of a bright spot, two and a third innings, they give up one under run, so they were able to hold it down from there, and for Kia, they were able to do a good job. Their bullpen goes three innings. They don't give up a single run. They do wind up giving up three hits, but they were able to evade. Dangerous Hanwha has shown us that they are just absolutely incredible at leaving men on base. And there weren't a whole lot of men left on base out there in the MPB Thursday morning. As you saw quite a few high-scoring games, you did see a game that wound up pushing on a lot of totals between the Yamiori Giants and the Yakahoma Dana Base Stars. As the Giants wind up getting a 5-3 to win in this one for the Giants. Toshiki Sakurai was really the guy that carried the mail for the team. How about going 8 innings in his start? 9 punch-outs, gives up just 1 run. Bullpen gives up 2 runs over the course of an inning so they were solid. And then you take a look at the Dana Base stars they wound up getting a decent start but just not a lot of length out of sunichi onuki he winds up going four innings he gives up two runs in the process the bright spot for this team was the fact that they were able to get a home run off the bat of Toshiro Mizaki. He has been doing a solid job for this team. Four home runs so far this year, but the Dana Bay Stars wind up losing to the Yamiori Giants, who all of a sudden have been doing a very good job out there in the MPB. In the Central League, they have a lead at 8-3 in front of the aforementioned Dana Bay Stars, who are sitting there at 7-5, number two in that league. If you're taking a look at the top team in the MPB for five out of the last six years, that is the Fukuoka Soft Bangkok's. And the soft Bangkok's wind up getting walked off by the Nippon Ham Fighters by a got of 9-8. to eight. This is one that, well, let's face it, the soft Bangkok's probably should have been able to pull out. Rick Vanderdurk. Now, he did not have a good start. He winds up giving up five runs over the course of five innings, but they got to Drew VerHagen and they got to him bad. He gives up four runs over the course of four and a third innings. He was actually a guy with a winning record for the Detroit Tigers during the 2019 season for Fukuoka. They get a trail of home runs, including Wilmer Ballantine going deep not once but twice, his third and fourth of the campaign. Meanwhile, you take a look at what the Nippon Amp Fighters were able to do. They were able to get a trio of home runs of their own. They were able to do a solid job with a grand total of 13 hits. Now, they did leave the bases loaded a couple times, but they were able to do a very good job of just being able to get those clutch hits at clutch time. So, they were able to pull out the victory in this one as their bullpen winds up giving up two runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings to be able to hold down the fourth. Meanwhile, the South Bangkok's, their bullpen gave up four. That was the difference in this one. We saw another over between the Chibalu Marines and the Toku Rakuten Eagles. As this is one that went to the way of the Marines by a count of eight to five, the few, the proud, the Marines were able to get a home run off the bat of Leonis Martín. That is his third of the campaign. Meanwhile, Stefan Romero he was able to get a home run in this game as well. That is his fourth of the campaign. He winds up going deep for the Golden Eagles. But for the Golden Eagles, it just was not a good start in this one. As Nakahiro Shiyomi winds up going four and two-thirds innings. He gives up six runs, all of which were six walks in the process. Meanwhile, for Chibolote, they were able to get a little bit of a better start out of Dikai Iwashita, he winds up going five innings and gives up two runs. Bullpen from there gives up two runs and got to give it up to the Golden Eagles. They've got the top bullpen ERA out there in the MPB. They go combined four and a third innings to give up one earned run. So they were able to keep the game on in front of them. But the home runs that were allowed in this game were just a little bit too much. So needless to say, that was one that did not go the way of the Golden Eagles. Although they're still doing a very good job for the year. They're at eight and four, but Chibolote because they wound up having that big sweep over the Oryx Buffaloes. Lead the Pacific League right now at 9-3. And, and speaking of the Oryx-Buffalos, they are right now bringing up the rear in that division as they wind up losing again. As they wind up losing to the Cebu Lions by a count of 9-5. to five. In this one, Oryx wound up leaving the bases loaded a couple times. They wind up just not being able to get the start that they desired either. As in this one, it was 5 innings and 3 earned runs for... Siachia Yamanoski as he winds up turning it over to the bullpen and then the bullpen from there gives up five runs over the course of three innings. And then for the Cebu Lions, they didn't necessarily get the keys in ignition for Kasuke Honda as well. Yes, you see what I did there with the last Honda. Four and two-thirds innings, he gives up two runs. There were quite a few unearned runs in this game, by the way. You had a combined three errors, so you do want to note that. But the bullpen from there, they were able to do a very solid job. Four and a third innings of one earned run baseball for the Cebu Lions. And when you take a look at the Seibu Lions, they were able to get a home run off the bat of Corey Spangenberg, his second home run of the campaign as they had three altogether. And for the Oryx Buffaloes, they were able to get a home run of their own as it was influential as they were able to get a three-to-zero lead in this one. The man that went yard was Matsuzaka Yoshita. That was his first home run of the campaign, but past that, it just wasn't necessarily promising for the team. Speaking of things that are not promising, the Hanshin Tigers are now. Two and ten, and they are at the bottom of their league as well as the Chunichi Dragons were able to get a four to two win after the top of the third inning. This game was three to two, and you had one run the rest of the way as the Hanshin Tigers just not getting a lot of offense generated right now. Justin Bohr of uh, Miami slash Florida Marlins fame winds up going 0-3 in this one. Jeffrey Marte just 1-4 of as well. And for Chunichi, they were able to get things going very early as Dayan Viciedo was able to get a home run in the first inning. His third of campaign, that was big. As for the Hanshin Tigers, they didn't get the start that they were hoping for out of Onelki Garcia. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of five or two-thirds innings. Bullpen from there was solid. Three in the third innings, to give up one run. And the Chunichi Dragons bullpen was terrific. 4 innings of scoreless baseball, and they were able to get a nice start as well out of Yochiro Okano. He winds up going five innings, giving up one run in the process, so they certainly got it done there. And speaking of getting it done, the Tokyo Yakult Swallows get a walk-off grand slam. To make the Carp Roadkill as the Hiroshima Carp lose by a count of 9-5. to For the Occult Swallows being able to deliver a walk-off Grand Slam. How about our man, Monitaka Merikami. As he winds up being able to get his third home run of the campaign. It was in grand fashion as the Occult Swallows as a team were able to get four home runs in this game. And they were able to get a pair of home runs as well from Naokamishi. Nashiraz he was able to get home runs number three and four of the campaign so that certainly helped out the process as this was just a game that did not go the way of the Hiroshima carp as they get 13 hits but they were unable to deliver and for the bullpen they wind up giving up five earned runs over the course of three innings as in this one they were hoping for a little bit more length out of their starter as well as they wound up having Aaron Curry wind up going five innings giving up four runs in the process and Gabrielle you know what You know what? He stunk in this one. He gave up four runs. He only won three innings. But Bullpen gives up one run over the course of six. So that was the difference in that one. So that's what we all saw from the MPB and the KBO Thursday morning. Now, let's take a little bit more of a look at the MLB, what we can expect from this upcoming season, and get a little bit of Zip's perspective from our man Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs. That is on the other side right here on the Baseball Benning Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson.
0: Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the overtime network hotline.
2: We are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Great to have on our next guest. He has joined me a couple times, and he always does a great job when he joins this podcast. He is a senior writer for Fangraphs. He contributes for ESPN. He is a Zips statistician, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit more as this interview goes along. And this is also a man that I found out yesterday on Twitter, much like myself, is not much of a fan of store-bought ketchup. So you know what? It's a perfect guest. You can follow him on Twitter at DZBORSKI. I'll spell out that last name for you. S-Z-Y-M-B-O-R-S-K-I, as it is Dan Zaborski joining me on the podcast. And Dan, pleasure to have you aboard. How are you?
1: I'm doing well today. How are you, Greg?
2: I am doing great. Thank you so much. And we're doing a little bit better because, as of right now, we've got an MLB season. Now, obviously, the COVID-19 case is everything that's going on. But that obviously not encouraging news, but as of right now, we're preparing as if we're going to have a normal baseball season that's going to be 60 games. And how do you take a look at this from a Zips perspective, which is, Sort of like your own projections with regards to the season, obviously, you could go into that a little bit more, but I do think that this is going to be a fascinating season, and I have to think that you have to change your models a little bit, just because this is a 60-game season with no fans, rather than 162.
1: Yeah, it, it required some work. I discovered, going into the season, that there were a lot more things I, code, I hard-coded in for 162 games that I had to change, so I never really expected a 60-game season. If someone had told me, you know, before the season, you know, Dan, there's gonna be a DH in the National League because of a world pandemic, I'd think, What? It's just been an odd year and it's required quite a bit of work to try to get all my little tools working for this year.
2: I could imagine this is something in which I'm having to take a look at my handicapping and adjust it a little bit as well. And I think the biggest thing is starting pitching, because as we know, rosters are gonna be expanded for the season. You're gonna have the taxi squad, more guys on the active roster than ever before and I just can't think that these guys that are used to going seven-plus innings are going to be quite able to do that at the beginning of the year. We know it's going to be Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer in that first game of the year between the Yankees and the Nationals. I think that'll be a good barometer of what we can see moving forward because these are two of the best aces, two of the best inning eaters that you're going to find out there in the MLB. I just question whether or not those guys are going to be able to go beyond more than like 85, 90 pitches because the amount of time that these guys have had off it's the amount of time that you typically get in a normal offseason. Now, it's not like they were doing absolutely nothing, but it's not like these guys were able to throw to live batters much, if at all, have a catcher. And they were just left to many of the elements that we were, like having to throw into a tarp and having to play catch with their wives and sons. Well, they did have that secret baseball league. I don't
1: know if oh, you've yeah. been following the story, the, the secret league, the fight club league, you know, but no fighting, just baseball. I think we're probably going to learn a little bit in the spring training, because or spring training too, because then we might see how much they're actually stretching out some of these guys towards the end of our second spring training. And that might give us some clue because I have a number of theories, some of them conflicting. And I really don't quite know exactly what is actually going to happen with picture usage because, I mean, these guys haven't pitched regularly now in nine months. You've had a huge interruption, two spring trainings, and with a deeper roster, there's not as much incentive to have guys throw six or seven innings. Right now, if you ask me, I'd say we're going to see a lot of five-inning specials, even from really good pictures. I think we're going to see more tandem-type starts where guys are just scheduled to go three innings, kind of. The Jose Urquidy special, I guess. It's just going to be an odd year in so many ways that it's just going to break a lot of the things we know.
2: Yep, I am right there with you, as we do have Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs joining me right here on the podcast. It certainly is going to be a strange year, and I think that teams that have embraced strangeness and have sort of been going to the beat of their own drum are the ones that are going to be successful. We all know that Joe Ben... Always liked to shake things up when he was with the Chicago Cubs. Now he's out there with the LA Angels. You're going to have Shohei Otani being able to pitch and hit in the same week. It sounds like they're going to have him pitch once a week, and then the rest of the week they're just going to have him as sort of a DH. So I think that that's very intriguing. We all know that he's always got his funky little things. The Tampa Bay Rays wound up using the opener a couple years ago, something that many more teams are trying now. I think that these innovative managers, like a Joe Madden like a Kevin Cash. These are the guys that are going to be able to excel in this sort of season, throw in there the Milwaukee Brewers and what Craig Council is doing as well.
1: I'm also curious uh for when we have the ghost runner on second that that we're starting with in extra <laughs> innings. Because, you know, it's a, it's a short season. So stealing a win or two by having someone like Billy Hamilton starting on second base could have significant, you know, divisional value. I mean, maybe not the Giants per se, because I don't actually expect them to be good. But in 60 games, anything ha- can happen. Zim's projected the Orioles to have like a 1% chance of making the playoffs. The Orioles, and I'm still trying to figure out what weird things have to happen for that to happen. I mean, essentially, I mean, what, there's a COVID vaccine that only the Orioles get? I, I don't know what the scenario is, but it's possible because, you know, a lot of weird things are possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Orioles might have Chris Davis hit above 200. I mean, nobody would have ever seen that coming, <laughs> It's just one of these things where I do think that in 60 games we could see things very strange because we remember last year, the Seattle Mariners got off to a 13-2 and start. If they get off to a 13-2 and start this year, that's 25% of the season. We remember at the trade deadline, they wind up selling Edwin Encarnacion to the New York Yankees for pretty much pennies on the dollar. If they start off 13-2 this year, they're certainly not going to be selling a guy like Edwin Encarnacion. Heck, they might become buyers, and I think the trade deadline becomes so intriguing as well because you can't think that if your team has like 14 and 16, it's like, up, oh, it's done. We're going to tell everything. <laughs> we can't get back into this. And then when in reality, it's like a five game win streak and boom, you're right back in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you start off at 13 or two, if I'm doing the, the math right in my head, if you go 500 the rest of the way, you're a 600 winning percentage team for the season. I think we're going to see some teams, you know, be in the pennant race suddenly very quickly. And I think we'll see some teams throw in the towel quickly because the deadline comes a little bit earlier from a percentage of the season standpoint. It comes in kind of at the 50% mark before it was kind of closer to you know, the two thirds mark because it was at the end of July in a normal year. So we could have some surprises some quick decisions. What if the Dodgers have a bad run? I mean, they've had a few bad Aprils in even when they've played well. What if they have a bad run and they, they trade Mookie again? It's theoretically possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just have absolutely no idea what's going to be going on with that, but it certainly is going to be interesting as we do have Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs joining me on the podcast and. Is there a team or two with your Zips productions that have maybe a little bit of a better or worse chance of making the playoffs than you initially thought as a result of the shortened season? Well, generally speaking, in a season like this, the great teams suffer because
1: talent isn't quite as important. From that standpoint, you can expect, you know, Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, teams like that to, to suffer. The Yankees get a little bit of that back, though, compared to the start of the season because they get a little bit healthier, it looks like. It looks like they'll be James Paxton. They'll hopefully be Aaron Judge. For 100% of the season, the teams that probably get the biggest advantage are kind of those marginal contenders, the teams that weren't realistic contenders over 162 games, but might be able to hold together for 60 games. I think of, you know, teams like the Rangers or the Angels, maybe the White Sox, maybe the Diamondbacks, Padres, those, those types of teams, I think really see a significant benefit from a season like this. If you can call any of this a benefit. Yeah. The, the bottom of the league gets you know, better probability also. But I mean, the Orioles, they would need a lot more to to really be serious contenders. So would the Tigers and teams of that ilk, we'll just say. But I think this is a good year for those marginal contenders.
2: I do think so as well. I look at a team like the San Diego Padres as well, having arguably the best ninth inning guy in Kirby Yates. That's going to be a big advantage for them if they get into some tight games as well. And then something else I'm taking a look at, as we know, the National League, they're going to be going with the designated hitter this season. Is there any team in particular that you think this helps slash hurts the most when it comes to the National League? Because I just take a look at this, and I do think that the LA Dodgers are going to be able to get a little bit of a boost because you've got some older guys like Justin Turner, Max Muncie. They're going to be able to DH some of these games. So I think that's going to help them out. And as we know, the LA Dodgers, they always have things rolling. Obviously, the Milwaukee Brewers, this might hurt a little bit because they're the one team in the National League that they've always got pitchers that can rake. So there is a little bit of that. But did that do anything with regards to your projections? It is
1: beneficial for a team like the Reds. They arguably have too many outfielders already for the three positions. They have two outfielders in Jesse Winker and Nicholas Castellanos, two outfielders who are probably their best position as DH. So to be able to play both of them and have one of them as a DH, I think that's a benefit to them. The Braves of Austin Riley, that gives them more opportunity to play him without finding him a defensive position. I think the teams that are hurt by this are just the teams with worse depth. It gets hard to conjure up a DH. The Diamondbacks don't have great outfield depth. They don't have like a lot of extra hitters unless they're going to bring up Kevin Cron. And they might, in which case I'm going to be completely wrong here. Uh, but I think it's not great for them. I don't think it's great for the Rockies who, who really don't have much in the way of depth and, uh, even like a marginal contender like the Marlins, who have a pitching staff with enough upside to be interesting, they're kind of short on bats, and to have to conjure kind of up another one every game just puts them a little bit farther behind the eight ball, so to speak. I think these are small differences, but again, in a season like this, small differences might make a big difference.
2: Absolutely. The only thing that we know for sure is that the Pittsburgh Pirates are certainly not going to be contending this year. That is to say the least. That team, I just don't know anything that can help them outside of a Martian invasion taking away 29 of the 30. MO. ML- teams and the one that's not taken away is the Pittsburgh Pirates that's my thoughts on that team
1: I'm actually actually not as pessimistic about that as you I don't think any of the NL Central teams are really that scary
2: I don't think so either but at the same time you've got four decent teams in the Reds the Cubs (laughs) the St. Louis Cardinals and the Brewers and then you got the Pirates way below them
1: I still think that the Pirates could go you know 30 and 30 And that might in some scenarios be enough to win the division Uh, or at least make a wild card uh, because, you know, they're going to be playing central teams and no East or West teams. So those central teams all get a bit of a boost too. I'm not saying it's likely, but I think it's possible. A lot
2: more possible than I thought. Lloyd Christmas series. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Uh, I just can't get on board with this team, especially with Chris Archer, which obviously that trade was not good. Being out for the year, James did tie on all the injuries that he dealt with. Right now, they could have a very good pitching staff and said, I just don't know what's happening. But what I do know is happening is that Dan is doing absolutely terrific work with Fangrass. I know that he, much like myself, not a fan of store ketchup as well, which makes me very happy. And it makes me happy that we're going to be getting MLB baseball back in a couple of weeks as well. So, Dan, let the good people at home know what you're working on and just how they're able to follow you on social media.
1: Well, you can find me at Fangraphs. So I'm going to have my breakdowns and breakouts next week. You can find me occasionally at ESPN.com still, and you can find me at D. on Twitter, and as Greg said, wherever there's no ketchup. I hate it. It's so sweet. It's disgusting.
2: Exactly. The added sugar is just, ugh. I mean, I'm a fan of tomato. I'm not a fan of the added sugar inside of ketchup, which is why I don't like the store-bought stuff, but apparently homemade ketchup, the recipe that you sent me, is something that I'm gonna need to give a shot, as Dan always delivers on this podcast, whether it be ketchup or whether it be great baseball stats. And coming up next, it is that time that we deliver you a in total on every game on the MPV and KBO betting boards for Friday morning as we touch them all
0: welcome back to the baseball betting podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start and now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion
2: and we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting podcast myself Greg Peterson Big thanks to Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, in which I give you a side and turtle on every game on the Friday morning MPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all.
0: If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all.
2: This is the time the podcast in which I give the normal disclaimer that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GRSquarty1 unless if you bet at Pinnacle, you're really going to be going with the team and the team only. They are the only place that I've seen thus far that has went pitcher dependent on these foreign leagues. You're going to be able to go pitcher dependent once again when we get to the MLB, but with that said, you're really betting on the team and the team only, so let us Say for the Hiroshima Carp game, you think it's going to be Daichi Osera, and instead it's going to be an actual Carp who winds up pitching for the Hiroshima Carp because, well, that'd be very 2020. You don't know what to expect, so why not have an actual Carp pitch for the Hiroshima Carp? Well you're stuck with our good friend, the actual carp, pitching for the Hiroshima carp. So, I am having a little bit too much of a laugh of that, so before I go down a rabbit hole, let's get started on all these plays. We're going to be starting with the MVP first because they have the lower rotation numbers, and they start at 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. KBO starts at 2.30 a.m. Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern, so we're going to go in time order with these, and that begins with 3.04 145, 3.04 146. The carp of Hiroshima are going to be playing with the Anshin Tigers. It is, we mentioned a little bit earlier. Daichi Osera who's going to be going for the carp and for Hanshin it is going to be Yuki Nishi. And if you take a look at Osera he has went 18 innings in two starts so far this year. Yes, that means that he's had two complete games, and I just don't think that this is something that's going to be able to sustain itself. He's been doing a very solid job so far this year, but he was also a little bit lucky to evade danger in his last start as well. This is someone that went 11-9 and during the 2019 campaign, and this is a guy that he's certainly going to eat innings. I mean, 26 starts, 173 in the third inning. So, I mean, this is certainly someone that I don't expect to be knocked out in, like, the third inning or anything like that, but you take a look for his career. He gives up about a home run per nine innings. Last year, 1.1 home runs per nine innings, Reason why he's able to go deep into games is that because he just doesn't walk guys. 1.8 walks per nine innings last season. Not a great swing and miss guy. Not a terrible swing and miss guy, but he's got eight strikeouts so far this year as well. So I do think that that's going to help out a Tigers team that they do have some pop in the lineup, but they've just been doing a terrible job of being able to put quality at bats together. You've got Justin Bohr on this team. Justin Bohr has been boring as he is hitting below the Mendoza line right now. He has only. One home run so far this year. You got to think that this is going to trend in the right direction. Kosuke Fukudome has actually been used as a pin hitter for most of the year, so that's something that is a little bit interesting. But Jeffrey Marte has been very solid for the team. He's gotten on base percentage just below a 350, and right around to 275. And you got to think that Jerry Sands, their other foreign born player, is going to be able to get it going. And then when you take a look at who Hiroshima is going to be sending to the mound, they've actually got one of their more trustworthy guys, Inishi, taking the. Rubber as he's right now 0 1 for the campaign, but how about a 138 ERA and two starts? He went and combined 13 innings. Gave up one home run, three walks, so he's been able to do a solid job this year, and he's another guy that he doesn't walk a lot of batters. 1.9 walks per nine innings. He's not going to get a lot of swing and misses during the 2019 campaign. 5.8 strikeouts per nine, but he's just a steady Eddie player. He had a 2.92 ERA last year. His career in the MPB is a 3.24 ERA, so I think that he's going to do a good job of keeping the game out in front of him, and you take a look at both these bullpens. Neither of them are necessarily lights out. With Hiroshima Carp, this is a team that they wound up using a lot of their trustworthy bullpen arms, and they give up a walk-off grand slam to the occult Swallows. so they're a little bit gassed. When you take a look at the Tigers, they haven't necessarily been getting a lot of length out of their starters either, so I do think that this is a spot in which both these offenses are going to be able to get to the respective bullpens, because with the Hiroshima Carp, they've got someone that I really like in C.I. Suzuki. This is someone that's hitting just below a 400 on base percentage, hovering right around a 450. He's already got five bombs so far this year. I like him. You pair him up with Jose Pirella, L. Alex Mejia, I think, is going to be able to start to match pretty soon as well. And you've got yourself two very formidable lineups. But I take a look at the Carp. I do think that Osera is due for a little bit of regression. And when I take a look at this game in general, I think that the Hanjin Tigers, who have started out just absolutely atrocious at 2-10, are going to be able to get a victory in the spot. So we're going to be taking the Tigers and the Zuttle over. We move on to game number 304-149, 304-150. It is the Yamiyori Giants playing O.C., Chunichi Dragons. If you are taking a look at the Dragons, well, you're certainly going to be getting a plus price here. With the Dragons, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 170 and plus 184. Meanwhile, if you're looking to lay it with the Giants, you're anywhere between minus $2 and minus 210. Your total on this game is 7.5. On the 7.5, the over juice is minus 115. The under is minus 105. Pitching matchup for this one, it is going to be to Yuki Sugano, who's going to be going for the Giants. Meanwhile, Yudai Ono is going to be going for the Chunichi Dragons. And if you're the Chunichi Dragons, you got to be saying, oh no, this guy better pitch a little bit better because he's right now got a 9 ERA for the year. And I actually do think that Mr. Ono is going to say, oh yes, to lowering his ERA. There are a lot of people are are bombing right now, but with that said, this is a team in the Chunichi Dragons, that they've done a good job of being able to get on base. You take a look at their batting average for the campaign, they're hitting right around .275 as a collective, on base percentage right around 320. You saw Dayon Viciato be able to get his third home run of the campaign, so this is a team that they're not going to hit a bunch of bombs over the fence, but they are going to be able to get themselves on base. You take a look at Ono, certainly first start of the year, for that matter, first two starts of the year, not necessarily good as he has wound up giving up 10 runs in his first two starts of the year. He's given up five home runs and his team as a collective right now is seven, so I mean that's certainly something that's not promising, but you take a look at what he did during the 2019 season, 9-8 record 268 ERA, and you take a look for his career, this is a guy that gives up more like .9 home runs per 9 innings. So I do think that this is certainly going to smooth itself out. I think it was just a rough couple of outings for him to begin the year. And you take a look at the bullpen as well. This is a Dragons bullpen that it's not great, but it's not awful. I think that they're going to be able to do their job, and they're going to be able to do it solidly. And then I do like the fact that Zoilo Almonte has been able to do a solid job of being able to find a way on base as well. So there are some redeeming qualities with the Dragons. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side. This is going to be very interesting to see how the Yamiori Giants are going to fare in this one because they do have a fully rested reliever and a guy that we all know in Ruby De La Rosa. He's actually got four saves so far this year. He's been solid there. We know about Gerardo Parra coming over from the United States after winning the World Series with the Nationals. He's been hitting right around a 280 for this bunch. He's got three home runs, nine RBI. He has been very solid. I do think that they need to get Hayato Sakamoto going. He's right now hitting a 262. Only one home run so far this year. Last year in the MPB, he was one of the best players that you were finding in this league as As a 30-year-old gentleman, he wound up hitting 40 home runs, hitting 312, nearly a 400 on base. He scuffled a little bit this year. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a come up there. But what you also have to note with this team is the fact that Mr. Sugino is a guy that I have a little bit of question with. He's right now got a four ninety-seven ERA for the campaign, but you take a look at what he did during 2019. 11 and 6 record is nice, but what's not nice is a 389 ERA. He benefited from the fact that he had some solid guys backing him up. He's gonna give you some length. 22 stars, 136, and a third innings, but gives up 1.3 home runs per 9 innings. He'll give you about 8 punch-outs per 9, but he's a pitch-to-contact guy. He's given up more than 9 hits per 9 innings over the last two seasons. I do think that this is a very good spot for a Dragons team that they don't necessarily have a ton of power, but they do a good job of getting on base to be able to get into that bullpen. I think that this is going to be a higher scoring game that the Dragons are going to be able to pull out because I think Ono says, oh yes to lowering his ERA. So, we're taking this game over, and we're going to be taking the Chunichi Dragons with the plus price. We Move on to 304, 151, 304, 152. The Fighters of Ham of Nippon are going to be playing host to the Fukuoka Soft Bangkoks. If you're taking a look at the Soft Bangkoks, you're going to be finding them as a very slight favorite in this one. They are anywhere between minus 113 and minus 115. With the Ham Fighters, you're pretty much finding them at minus 105 across the board. Your total on this game is 7. The over is just a minus 120, and the under is even. Going for the Fighters of Ham in this one, it is going to be Kori Irihera, and it is going to be Nao Hagashiyama, who is going to be going for the South Bangkoks. Yes. That is a mouthful for the South Bangkok's. And for the South Bangkok's in general, this is a bullpen that has not been able to get the job done. We saw it on um, full display Thursday morning as they just wound up gas canning that game. But what you also have to like for the Su- Fukuoka Soft Bangkok's is the fact that Wilbur Ballantyne was able to get two home runs for this team. This guy was scuffling going into the team's game yesterday. He was hitting a buck fifty. He now has four home runs on the season, so that is obviously a very good sign for this team. What else is a very good sign for this Fukuoka off Bangkok's team is the fact that you've got a lot of guys that have done a nice job of being able to supply some RBI without being able to get that long bomb power. Now, Yuki Yanagita has three home runs for this team, but you gotta love the fact that Rayoya Kurihara has been able to give the team nine RBI. He's sitting above a 300. That has been very encouraging. I'm based right around a 400 for him as well. And Yuya Hagisawa is Has an on-base percentage above a 400 as well with Fukuoka. This is just a team that they haven't been able to get a lot of good bullpen pitching, but Higashiyama, I think, is going to be able to fare quite well in this one. He's made two starts so far this year, 11 total innings. He has given up two home runs, but you take a look at what he's been able to do for his career, it has been pretty darn solid. During the 2019 campaign, he was limited very much so as he only made seven starts for the team, but you go back to the 2018 campaign, last time he fully pitched, he gave the team 123 innings and 21 starts, so with him now being fully locked, loaded, and healthy, I think that's going to help him out. That season, he wound up having a three forty-four ERA. Gave up fewer than three walks for nine innings. I think that we're going to see that form of Higashiyama. Meanwhile, you take a look at the fighters of Ham. What you've got to love for this team is the fact that they all of a sudden are getting something out of Tashi Ota. This is someone that is hitting just a buck 43 for the campaign, but he's now got a pair of home runs for them. You pair that up with Nakata, who has six home runs. That is the league lead for the MPB, double digit out of RBI. He has been good. And then Kinsuke Kondo already has a double digit out of lock. So he's done a good job of being able to find a way on base. And then you take a look at Irohara. It certainly has not been the best of times for him so far this year. Two starts. He's won a grand total of 12 innings. He's given up just one home run. And he's got 14 punchouts, but he has given up eight runs, seven of which were earned. This is a guy that he is going to be entering into his age 27 season during the 2019 campaign for the Ham Fighters. He really had a breakout performance: 15 and 8 record, 2.46 ERA, and he was just going deep into starts. 24 starts. 164 and a third innings. And this is someone that he gives up just .8 home runs and 2.2 walks per 9 innings. He's going to strike out right around 9 per 9 innings. I do think that that is going to bode very well for the Ham Fighters. Now I do think that the SoftBank Hawks are going to be able to get a couple runs up on the board. It seems like the offense is starting to come along, but I also have a little bit more faith in the Ham Fighters bullpen as well. We saw exactly what the SoftBank Hawks did blowing that lead yesterday. I do think that this could be a spot in which you see something similar. I think that both teams might be able to approach a touchdown just by being able to get into the pens of these teams. So we're going to be taking this total over and we are going to be taking the Fighters of Ham. We move on to 304-153, 304-154. The Rakuten Golden Eagles are going to be taking on the Chibalote Marines. If you're taking a look at the Marines, you're going to be getting a plus price here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160. Golden Eagles are anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180. Your total on this game is 7.5. Over a juice of minus 120. The under is even. Your pitching matchup for this one, Going for the Golden Eagles. It is going to be Takahiro Norimoto and it is going to be Ayumi Ishikawa who's going to be going for the Marines. Norimoto has been. Terrific for Rakuten so far this year. Two starts, two wins, 129 ERA. Yeah, really can't ask for a whole heck of a lot more than that. He is backed up by the best bullpen with regards to ERA out there in the MPB. So that certainly gives them a little bit of a leg up with that regard. But you go back a little bit deeper with Norimoto. During the 2019 campaign, this is someone that wound up going a grand total of 7-5 and five between the Japanese Eastern League and the Pacific League. He had a 249 ERA. Made just 15 starts, 83 innings. So he's not necessarily a guy that was necessarily going deep into games. But you go back to the 2018 season, 27 starts, 180 innings. So he is used to a very big workload. He was a little bit banged up during that 2019 season. But it looks like he has found his old form. And he's been able to get right around 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings throughout his career. Doesn't give up a long ball. And then you pair that up with Stephon Romero. who has been doing a great job for this Golden Eagles team. He got another home run for the team yesterday. He now has four on the campaign, hitting right around to 400. Jabari Blash has been in a little bit of a funk. He wound up not even getting his full allotment of at-bats for the team Thursday morning, but the guy that you really need to note, Hidetu Asamura. 18 RBI for this team so far this year. He's on base for like 285 RBI. It's absolutely insane. And he's been just terrific for the team so far this year. On-base percentage above a 450. That has been terrific. And with Chiba looked at, you've got two of the better foreign-born players that you're going to find out there in this league. Leonis Martín and Brandon Lair. Laird. Third it is. Five home runs. He's been able to hit right around a 270-ish. And Martín, he's sitting in that neighborhood as well. He was able to get his third home run of the campaign Thursday morning, so that's going to help him out. And then when you take a look at the other guys, Takashi Ogino is hitting just below a 400. That has been rock solid. But I do think that this is a spot in which Ishikawa is not going to be able to fare quite as well because he's okay. He's not great. He's not awful during the 2019 campaign, eight and five record. But he did wind up having a 3.64 ERA. He had some of the best luck out there in the field, just 0.15. Earned runs per game, so that is something that really helped him out. He's not necessarily a length guy. He wound up going 118 and two-thirds innings over the course of 27 starts. He wound up giving 0.7 home runs per nine innings, so he keeps the ball in the yard, but only about six strikeouts per nine. I think that that bodes well for a little bit of a lower-scoring game. I think that you've got two solid pitchers, but Norimoto has the better stuff. I like the way that he's rolling in general. I think that the Rakuten Eagles, with them having such a good bullpen, are going to be able to win a lower-scoring game. So, we're going to be taking this total under, and we're going to be playing it here with the Golden Eagles. We move on to game number 304, 155, 304, 156. The Cebu Lions are going to be playing against the Oryx Buffaloes. The Buffaloes are circling the wagon, says the biggest underdog on the MPB betting board. If you're taking a look at the Buffaloes, You're going to be getting anywhere between plus 175 and plus 189. If you're looking to lay it with the Lions, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 210 and minus 220. Your total on this game is 8.5. The over is just anywhere between even and minus 105. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 115. Starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the buffs, it is going to be Mr. Tsubasa Sakuhibara. Man, that is a mouthful. Meanwhile, Zach Neal goes for the Sabu Lions. Thank you so much for giving me the hardest last name ever in Subasa Sakabara and then, Zach Neal on the other end. You can't get any more polar opposites, and with these guys in general, you can't get much more polar opposites, because Zach Neal was absolutely terrific for the Cebu Lions. He went something like 12-1, 13-1 for the team during the 2019 campaign. He gets like 5 strikeouts per 9 innings. This is someone that he's not going to necessarily fan a whole lot of guys. Now, I will say this, to begin the 2020 campaign, he wound up being able to get a bunch of punchouts in his first start against a Fukuoka South Bangkok. So, that was something that was very interesting to see, and that's going to be big because we've seen it with the Sabu Lions. Bullpen has not necessarily been reliable. They wound up having to re- use Reed Garrett during the game Thursday morning, but you take a look at Zach Neal in general. He's made two starts so far this year. He's got 10 punch outs. Most of those came in that start against the South Bangkok's, but this is someone that you even go back to his time in AAA during the 2018 campaign. He's never been a strikeout guy. I do think that a little bit of regression is going to wind up setting in because The fact that he wound up going an insane 12 and one in the Pacific League during the 2019 campaign is something I just don't think is going to be reliable. Meanwhile, you take a look at our good buddies, the Oryx Buffaloes, they have now lost eight out of their last nine games. And six of those games have been by approximately one run. As we know, Adam Jones is currently on this roster. He's only hanging right around to 250. So you've got to think that this is a team that is going to be looking for a little bit more out of him. But you take a look at this Buffalo's team in general. I do think that they've got a little bit of value here because you take a look at Saka Barra. Man, that is a little bit of a tough one. He's just 21 years old. But you look at what he did during the 2019 season. He wasn't bad. 4-4 and record. 2.49 ERA between the Pacific and the Western League. He winds up not necessarily giving the best of length, 15 starts, 86 and 2 thirds innings, but he kept the ball in the yard, giving up a half a home run per 9 innings. Now the walks at 3.9 per 9 innings, not necessarily great, but... He's going to be coming around with the velocity. at right around six and a half strikeouts per nine. I think that there's a little bit of sneaky value there. The Oryx Buffalos have been doing a better job with their bullpen recently, so I do give them a little bit of credit. They were able to get a win a couple days ago against Cebu in which their bullpen went four strong. They've got a lot of their guys like Brandon Dixon and company rested in that bullpen as well as they sort of knew that the game was going to be a little bit out of reach Thursday morning, and they rested those guys. Adderlyn Rodriguez was able to give the team a home run a few days ago. He's been able to hit 250 for this punch. and then when you Hania... Hirishoa, who's been able to hit right around a 300 for this bunch as well. It helps along with Ryochi Adachi. I think that the Oryx Buffaloes are able to get the job done in this spot. I really am not bullish on the pitching of Zach Neal. I think that regression is going to come in, and it's going to come in hard for a guy that just cannot get strikeouts to save his life. So, for that reason, we are going to be circling the wagons with the Buffaloes and in this spot as well, because I do think that we are going to be getting a Buffaloes team that they wind up getting a bunch of soft Contact. I think that this is a game that's going to be a little bit lower scoring, so we're going to take this total under, and this will be the final game on the MPB betting board before we go to the KBO betting board. That would be game number 304-157. 304-158. You've got yourself the Swallows of the Cult, and the Swallows of the Occult are going to be playing us to our good buddy the Yakohama Dana Bay Stars. If you're looking to lay with the Bay Stars, well, say A-Bay-Bay to throwing a whole lot of juice into the Bay as they're laying anywhere between minus 165 and minus 170 with the Swallows. You're going to be swallowing a plus price here anywhere between plus 145 and plus 150. Total on this game is 8.5 over juice of minus 120, and the under is even. Going for the Bay Stars, it is going to be Masanori Ishikawa, and it is going to be Shoto Imajana who's going to be going for the base stars. And with Ishikawa for the Occult Swallows, this is someone that he is up there in years, and I'm putting it very politely. He is 40 years old, but at the same time, he's been able to get the job done for many years out there with the Occult Swallows. I will say this as well, don't expect a whole lot of swings and misses out of our good friend. But with that said, this is a guy that he's done a solid job of just being able to keep games out in front of him despite the fact that he's at an advanced age. 11 innings and 2 starts so far this year. He's given up 2 long balls, but he does have 8 punch outs. He's been able to give the team right around a 320 70 RA. So it's nothing great, it's nothing awful. With the occult swells, they did wind up having to use up a lot of bullpen arms as they wound up getting a walk-off grand slam. Thursday morning to be able to get that win, so that's interesting, and you've got a couple guys that are a little bit banged up for the Colts' walls as well. Alcides Escobar and Nori Aoki have been sort of in and out of the fold for this team a little bit with the Aoki. This is a guy that is only getting 250 and Escobar hitting right in that realm as well. I will say this as well. They do need to get a little bit more out of a guy like a Tiesto Yamada when it comes to a batting average standpoint, but the fact that he's been able to give the team four home runs, that certainly has been able to help the team out. And then you've got Noamishi. Nishura, who now has four home runs for the bunch. He was really able to get things going. And Munetama Murakami... He is hitting just below a 400 as well. So that has been terrific. But you take a look at the flip side. I do think that this is a very good spot here. As you've got going to the mound for the Dana Bay Stars, a guy in Imijana who has been very terrific for this team. Don't look at the 1-1 record. Look at the 138 ERA with this gentleman. He has been doing an absolutely terrific job. With that regard, 13 innings. He has given up just one walk in that time span as well. 12 punch outs. This is a 26-year-old that I think has the potential to become a star out here in the MPB, won 13-7 during the 2019 campaign, 291 ERA, 170 innings over the course of 25 starts, so he certainly is going to give you length, gave up one home run per nine innings, nearly 10 punch outs per nine as well, so this is someone I think has an immense amount of upside. And then when you take a look at the Dana Bay Stars as well, they wound up using up a couple of their bullpen pieces Thursday morning, including Spencer Patton. But you got to think that you're going to have some other guys that are going to be up and at them. This is a team with a total ERA that's hovering right around a 3.3. So by and large, this has been one of the more reliable bullpens that you're going to find. And they've right now got a couple struggling bats. And Jose Lopez is right now hitting right around a 200. Tyler Austin has been terrific. I mean, this is a guy that's hitting just below a 375. He's got a pair of home runs, 10 plus RBI. So he is off to a very good start for this team. But other than really their other star in Toshiro Mizyaki, who has four home runs, double-digit amount of RBI, and is hitting like a 450. It's absolutely ridiculous. You do have a couple of famine bats as well. But with that said, I do think that the base stars certainly have much better pitching. I think that Imi Jana is just one of the best starters that you're going to find out there in the MPB. Just hard to trust a gentleman at the age of 42 to be able to get out the Dana Bay Stars. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think that the Occult Swallows bullpen is certainly going to come to play, so I'm going to be taking this total under, but I think that the Bay Stars, they wind up getting their ace going, and they're able to take this one, so we are going to be going with the Bay Stars on the money line, and we're going to be going with the total under, and now we head to the KBO betting board, and as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with all of these, and these are the games that start at 2.30 a.m. Pacific. When you take a look at an Eastern Time standpoint, that would be 5.30 30 a.m. as we are going to be starting with game 304, 661, 304, 662. The Bears of Dusan are going to be playing OC and while Eagles. This should be a shocker to absolutely nobody whatsoever, but the Eagles are finding themselves as the biggest underdog on the KBO betting board. You're going to be getting anywhere between plus 280 and plus 290 with them. Meanwhile, with DuSan, you're going to be lying anywhere between minus 330 and minus 350. Your total on this game is 9.0. With the over juice, it is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders is anywhere between even a minus 110. You've got Raul Alcantara, who's going to be taking the mound for Dusan. Meanwhile, Pum Kim is going to be going for a and Bumpsu Kim has been one of the biggest bump starters that you're able to find out there in the KBO. I will say this, 434 ERA, not necessarily terrible. He's given up three earned runs or fewer in every one of his appearances so far this year. Problem is, he's went north of four and a third innings in one appearance so far this year. So, he is certainly not a guy that's going to be giving you a lot of distance. I'm putting it very politely with Anwar. This is a team that they were able to save the bullpen a little bit because they had Warwick Soppel going on the mound Thursday morning. But with that said, this is not a bullpen that's very good in general. And they're facing off against a Dusan team that all of a sudden is getting very hot. JLO is hitting like a 350 for this bunch. It's absolutely insane. Jose Miguel Fernandez wound up not having a single hit against the Kiwom Heroes in the morning. So you got to think that this man is going to be hungry and he's going to look to advance his 390 batting average. You also have to like the fact that Yu Chan Lee, a guy that's been used a little bit sparingly for this team, 469 on base, 340. Batting average, and then you've got a couple guys that are able to go yard for the team as well. Jaywan juan has missed a lot of the season, but he's now hitting just below 300. And then you've got Jaywan Kim, who's got 11 home runs, 49 RBI. He's got an on base of a 385. And then for Anwal, you don't have a single guy on this team that has three plus home runs with the Eagles as well. This is a team that they've been able to get a little bit more with regards to a batting average standpoint. Keiha Kong is hitting a 333, so that's encouraging. Sun Jin Oh has been able to deliver a little bit of something, but with that said, I think that this is just going to be Dusan whacking the tar out of the Eagles. I think that this is a spot in which the Eagles might be giving up a double digit number. We know that Dusan certainly doesn't score as many runs at home as they do on the road, but Raul Ocontra has been pitching really well at home. 7 1 record, 369 ERA. I don't believe that he's lost at home so far this year and he's won 63 in the third innings. He has 52 punch-outs to 11 walks. I think that this is a spot in which Anwa is going to just be fed to the Bears in this one because keep in mind, the last time these two teams played, Anwa wound up winning both those games because he had one game that was suspended by rain, and then they took the second game as well. Doosan, I think, is a team that remembers that. They're going to come out very angry, so we're going to be taking Doosan on the run line and this total over. If you're looking at the Doosan run line, Congratulations, you're going to be laying quite a bit here. I'm right now seeing anywhere between minus 185 as the loss. I'm seeing as high as minus 205, so obviously shop accordingly, but I think the Tucson should be able to win this game convincingly, and I'm also taking the over. 304, 663, 304, 664. The Giants of Lote are going to be playing those to the Wyverns of SK. If you're taking a look at the SK Wyverns, you're going to be getting a plus price here. It is anywhere between plus 126 and plus 135. Meanwhile, with Lotte, you are going to be laying a lote amount of juice, as you are going to be laying anywhere between minus 144 and minus 155. Your total on this game is 9. Over is just anywhere between even a minus 110. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. You're starting pitching matchup for this one. This is one of my favorite names to say. one Ricardo Pinto is going to be going for the SK Wyverns. Meanwhile, Adrian Sampson takes a bump for Lote. And if you want something that has been a lote, that'd be the amount of runs that Adrian Sampson has given up so far this year. 6-1-6 ERA. It has not went well for him. He's given up at least three runs in four out of his last five starts. This is a guy that he's going to get you a couple strikeouts. It's not great. It's not awful. 23 strikeouts in 30 and two-thirds innings. He's been dealing with the death of his father. You can tell that he's not quite necessarily himself. He's kept the ball in the yard. He's only given up two home runs. But even with being able to keep the ball in the yard, he's went up against a lot of the bottom feeder teams. And here is his start so far this year. Samsung at Kia Hanwa at LG at the Smiling Blobs aka the whiz and Samsung. So this is a guy that he hasn't faced the dinos, he hasn't faced the heroes, any of those scenes, and yet he still got that ERA. Meanwhile, with one Ricardo Pinto, this is a man that, well, unearned runs have really killed him so far this year. He has been the victim of giving up 11 unearned runs so far this year. So, the Wyvern's defense certainly have not done him a whole lot of favors. I will say the walks are very bad as well. He has 28 walks over the course of 56 innings. That is certainly not going to get the job done, but he's been doing a little bit of a better job recently. He has given up two earned runs or fewer in now four out of his last five starts. So, he's done a nice job to be able to keep the games out in front of him. I will say, obviously, the walks have been a little bit of a factor, and he really hasn't went past six innings ever since he wound up having a masterful start on May 24th against the Kia Tigers. And for the Wyvern, This is a team that they certainly have been scuffling on offense, so this is a something's got to give situation. Jamie Romack and Jung Choi were both in the top 5 in the KBO in home runs last season. These two guys have a combined 17 home runs so far this year, so they are really scuffling when you take a look at that. With Lote, they wound up having to use quite a few of their bullpen arms, though, against the NC Dinos, so that is something that you need to factor in. The Wyverns seem to be coming back to the pack with their bullpen, and when you take a look at Lote, you've got a bunch of guys that are doing a great job of getting on base. Aesop Sun hitting right around at 355 for this bunch. Tao Lee hits right around at 300 as well. You're able to get a little bit of power in the team as well. Jun Woo Jun has been able Able to give the team nine home runs, 23 RBI. I like the way that he's been able to come on for this team. Dixon Machado over the team's last three weeks, heading right around a 350. I love him. Hoon Jung has been able to give the team a little bit of a charge as well. He had a home run a few days ago. He's hitting a 325. I think that you're going to get some power in this spot. You're going to get a guy in Ricardo Pinto who's going to give up a couple walks, but I think that Adrian Sampson winds up falling victim to the long ball. I think that the Wyverns, a team that has really been scuffling with the bats, does get a little bit of something going here. They're going to be able to play for their manager, who we remember wound up fading in the dugout about a week or so ago. I think that this is actually a good spot for the Wyverns. Now I have said it before, and Well, they haven't come through, so Sharps once again on the Wyverns. I feel like this is the 2018 Cleveland Browns where the Sharps were on them every single time, and they just reinvented new ways to lose, but... We're going to stupidly take the Wyverns again, and we're going to take this total over. We move on to game number 304-665-304-666. The Twins of LG hit the road face off against the Samsung Lions. If you're taking a look at the Samsung Lions, you're going to be finding them right around even juice, depending on where you look. I'm seeing a couple minus 105s out there, but for the most part, you're going to be finding even juice. With the LG Twins, if you're lucky, you're going to find a minus 115. Most places, you're seeing minus 120, and your total on this game is nine and a half. and over juice The overjuice of anywhere between minus 110 and minus 125, The under is anywhere between even and plus 105. So, shop for that one accordingly. And it's going to be Tyler Wilson, who's going to be taking the bump for the Twins. Meanwhile, John Hubeck is going to be going for the Lions. And with Mr. Beck. It's been the best of times, and it's been the worst of times for him so far this year, but currently he's in the best of times, as you take a look at what he's done recently. He's given up a combined four total runs, three of which have been earned over his last four starts, and he's went at least five innings in every one of them. He has been absolutely terrific. He's doing a much better job of keeping the ball in the yard, as in his first three starts of the year, he wound up giving up a combined six home runs. In his last four starts, he's given up one. He's been doing a good job of being able to keep the base paths clear as well. He has given up more than two walks in just two starts so far this year. So he has really come around, especially after he just got absolutely shelled by the same LG Twins team last time he faced off against them. On June 4th, he winds up giving up 11 runs, eight of which were earned over the course of four innings. And perhaps that's going to be a sign of things to come as perhaps the Twins maybe have his number a little bit, but you got Tyler Wilson going on the other side. And I like the way that he's been able to perform by and large so far this year. He has been a guy that has been pretty consistent. He's given up between two and four runs in each out of his last five starts. So at the very least, you know what you're going to expect out of him. He's not necessarily a big swing and miss guy. He's got 52 in a third inning so far this year, 37 punch outs, but the 18 walks are not bad. He's given up four home runs. He's kept the game out in front of him. And we know with the Samsung Lions, they're dealing with the injury of Tyler Saladino, so that has left them a little bit shorthanded. Now, I will say this. Ja Wooku is hitting a 325 for this bunch. He has been absolutely terrific, and you've got to think at some point, Roberto Ramos is going to bust out for the LG Twins. Just one home run over the last four weeks. Now, you do still have Hun Kim. The head machine is hitting just below a 330 for this bunch. He's been very solid there. And then you've got Chun Wung Lee, who's been hitting a 276. he He's been able to do a solid job for this bunch. Now, what you need a little bit more of is just that third option that's able to get. get. you a couple home runs. If you're really looking for one on this team, it probably is one of their guys that has been a little bit up and down this year in Eun Sung Che. He's got five home runs so far this year, hitting a two ninety-three, but he's been in a little bit of a funk as well. But then you take a look at the flip side, it's just really hard to think that Tyler Wilson is gonna give up too much hard contact to a Samsung team that they've been doing a good job of being able to get on base. You've got a bunch of guys that they're hitting right in that 275, 280-ish range, like a one suck Lee. He's been doing a very solid job. You do have to like the fact that Sungun Lee is hitting a 375. I mean, that's been terrific, but by and large, you don't have a lot. Of power in this lineup I think that this is going to be a spot in which you're not going to have really either team going deep too much but I think that the twins in the end have a little bit more with regards to Wilson from a starting pitching perspective and both these bullpens are pretty solid as well so we're going to take the under and we're going to lay it with the twins we move on to game number 304 660 the KT Wiz better known as the Smiling Blobs are going to be playing host to the If you're taking a look at the Kiwo Miros, well, money is starting to pile in on them. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 160. And they are up to minus 165 in some spots as well. With our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 140 and plus 145. And your total on this game is 9. If you're looking at the over of 9, you're going to be finding it at pretty much 105 across the board. And the under is at minus 115. Our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. Shout out there. One of my favorite names to say. de Despagne. And it's going to be Eric Jokic, who's going to be going for the Kiwumiros. And Mr. Despagne has been despondent tonight giving up runs I mean this is a guy that has had his struggles recently he has given up at least four runs in five out of his last six starts Needless to say, that's not very, very good. And he's given up at least one home run in five out of those last six starts as well. So, he has been getting shelled. Now, I will say, his fielding independent and his advanced numbers much better than his 464 ERA. And he's done a good job of not walking, guys. 66 innings. He's given out 18 walks. He's given out six home runs in that time span as well. So, despite the fact that he's been hit hard recently, he's been doing a solid job there. But then you take a look at Eric Jokic. This guy's been terrific. 142 ERA. Only reason why he lost that start a few weeks ago against the Lotte Giants is because... There was that bases clearing strikeout in which he got the punch out. There should have been a man on second to tag the runner that was stealing. Instead, there was nobody home. Ball goes into the outfield. You have three errors on the same play. That just really torpedoed that start. And you take a look at Jokic. He's not necessarily the best swing and missed guy. 63 and a third and he's only 45 punch outs, but he's only given out 10 walks and two home runs in that time span as well. So, he does a great job of being able to limit the contact. Now, I will say this. It's going to be a little bit harder on this night because he's going to be going up against Rojas, a man that has 18 home Runs hitting right around to 380. He has been absolutely terrific. Petko Kong, double digit amount of home runs as well. And then you take a look at the smiling blobs as well. The backup singers are starting to take over a little bit as well. You got to love the fact that Do Want Her, whenever he gets out there, he's able to hit 467. I mean, he's a little bit underrated. Han Jun Yu has been able to do a solid job as well. He was able to get a home run in the team's game on Thursday morning against the Twins. He now has six on the campaign, hitting right around a 300. So these guys have been able to do a very solid job. And then when you take a look at the flip side for the Heroes. This is a team that finally has Byungo Park going. He wound up getting 2 home runs and 5 RBI on ESPN Thursday morning. That is no doubt going to be able to jumpstart him. You've got a guy in jung Lee who's one of the best players out there in the KBL. 436 on base, 367 batting average, 7 home runs, 35 RBI. You pair that up with Ha Sung Kim who's got 10 home runs, 37 RBI. He's hitting at 285. Dungwon Park has a double digit amount of home runs as well. You've got a very formidable team. Now, I will say with He-Woo Muros, their bullpen wound up getting and for the smiling blobs, I do think that they're a very suspect bullpen still, even though they've been doing a little bit better recently, but I do think that Despagne is going to be able to eat up innings, but I certainly have more faith here in Jokic than a guy that has had recent struggles in. Holy summer De So for that reason, we're going to be taking the heroes on the money line, and we're going to be taking the total under, and this is the last game on the betting board, as we've got 304, 669, 304, 670. The NC Dinos are going to be playing to the Kia Tigers. You're pretty much finding this game anywhere between a pick to Kia being a very slight favorite. With Kia, they're anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Dinos are anywhere between minus 110 and minus 105 and your total on this game it has shot up to 10. If you're taking a look at the 10, the over is just a minus 115, the under is minus 105. Your pitching matchup for this one is going to be one Drew Gagyon who's going to be going for the Kia Tigers meanwhile it is going to be Sung Young Choi who's going to be going for NC. And Mr. Joy has certainly not been the most reliable starter in the world. 594 ERA so far this year. He's made four total appearances, three starts, 16 and two-thirds innings. He's got seven strikeouts and seven walks and four home runs. So that's not necessarily what you're looking for. I will say his last start against Tucson was actually quite decent. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of six innings against a very good lineup. So that is something that is encouraging. But... Every time he's stuck in the mound so far this year, he's given up at least one home run. And for Kia, this is a team that at the top of the lineup when they played against Hanwha, now it was against Hanwha, Thursday morning, but three other top four hitters wound up having a multi hit game. Preston Tucker's been in a little bit of a slump, but he still has a double digit amount of home runs, 40 RBI, hitting above a 300. I think that he's going to be just fine. And then when you take a look at the Kia Tigers, you've even got someone like Ho Park in the nine spot who's able to do some very good things for this lineup. And then you've got the Ageless Wonders and G1 Na along with Hungwoo Choi. Both these guys are combined to hit right around a 310. They've got a combined 14 home runs and 61 RBI. I like what they're performing for this team. And then Sun Bin Kim has been very good ever since he's come back into the fold as well. Hitting a 354 for the team. He was injured a little bit throughout the year. And then with the NC Dinos, obviously, you've got the best lineup out there in the KBO. Aaron Altair, or should I say Aaron Altair X, gets his 14th home run of the campaign against Lotte in the morning. You also have... Jin-Yuk-No, who's been able to do a solid job as well. He's hitting a 300. he He's got some home runs. It's just been absolutely incredible what Jin-Sung-Kung has been able to do. 3.75 batting average. He's got 9 home runs, 36 RBI. Obviously, Sung-Bom-Na, his 14 home runs. His batting average above a 300 is nice. List goes on and on, but I do think that this is a very good spot for Gag-Yeon, who's been pitching much better ever since. He learned at the beginning of the year that he was tipping his pitches. The Kia bullpen, it's not necessarily great, but it's not necessarily awful, and we know this with N.C they wound up having to use their bullpen quite heavily in their season against Lote, and if there is one kryptonite with NC, it is a bullpen. I trust in the Kia Tigers bullpen much more than that of NC. Now, NC has a better lineup, but I think that Gagione is going to be able to have a solid start in this one. He has not faced the NC Dino so far this year, but his last start against Kiwum was solid. He won five and, uh, third innings. He gave up three runs, only two of which were earned, though. He's done a good job of being able to deal with the fact that he's not getting as many strikeouts right now, five or fewer in each out of his last four starts, but he just does a good job of keeping the game out in front of him. He's pretty much given up anywhere between 3 and 5 runs over each out of his last 5 starts, and I will say that quite a few of those runs that he's given up are unearned runs, so I actually do pretty much tack on one run for an unearned run for Gagion in this spot, but I think that he winds up giving up like 3 over the course of 6 and I think that the Kia Tigers just wind up knifing through this NC Dinos bullpen that has been so badly taxed. So we're going to wind up taking this total over and we're going to take the Kia Tigers in this spot and that will wrap things up for the Thursday afternoon-slash-Friday morning edition of the Baseball Vending Podcast. A big thanks to Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have a question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline, at yours 41. Hope you're all safe, healthy, and doing well, and I will talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.